John Dummy. Get your money, man. Get your bread up. Gotta do for yourself. Know you fed up. Get your study on. All praise be to God. Stay red up. God never let up. Everyone that I'm around already know what I'm about. Build heaven on earth. Gotta catch up Elijah Muhammad. Muhammad Ali. Sarah Carmichael. Mess now, man. What about me? Get your money, man. Get your bread up. Gotta do for yourself. Know you fed up. Get your study on. All praise be to God. Stay red up. God never let up. Everyone that I'm around already know what I'm about. Build heaven on earth. Gotta catch up Elijah Muhammad. Muhammad Ali. Sarah Michael now my what about me? Be willing to die so that we can be free now. If we don't produce, man, what we gon' eat? What we gon' eat? Yeah, man, what we gon' eat? What we gon' do if they cut off the street? If they block off them trucks, tell me what you gon' eat? What you gon' drink? See what I mean? What you gon' do? What I'ma do? I'ma stomach some food. Don't be a fool. That's fine, Ricard lead. I'm in tune. Stay in the street. Change a couple goons. I'm pushing the worst and I'm pushing the message. I'm blessing the game. Allah already blessed me. Find a car new cause we got you. Can't lose. Only two dollars. Get news you can use. Heaven ahead. Those conditions you choose. Come to the mosque. These are things we can prove. Get your money, man. Get your bread up. Gotta do it for yourself. Know you fed up. Get your study. All right. Assalamu alaikum, family. Your brother, Ben X. We are now live with our brother, Dead Grace. And uh, we're going to be talking about the topic, surviving the pandemic future, solutions to focus on. I know many of us are 100% worried about the coronavirus and any other virus, but uh, there is a lot of things that we can be focusing on also with our families to make sure that we are prepared. Uh, Brother Derek Grace, as always, as I watched his lives, always focused on solutions and talking about let's not just only be focused on what's going on in the world but make sure that your family's straight, make sure that you're straight, make sure that your children's straight and your legacy. So I wanted to talk yeah. about his history, uh, who he is growing up and things of that nature, and then bring us all the way up with some solutions that we can focus on and implement uh, practically in our own family. So for those who don't know who you are, uh, how would you describe yourself? Um, bro, um, I'm just a family man, bro, and I'm very much into controlling the board and I don't like lending my energy, my oxygen, all my resources to anything that I'm not in a factor in. So, uh, bro, the, I mean, bro, the, the simplest way I can shorten up, bro, just my, my motto is family business or none at all. And if we not the benefactor of our business dealings, our business situations, then we ain't got no business being in them. This family man, uh, mindset that you have, uh, did this come from your upbringing? How was your upbringing? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I had I didn't have both parents in the home. They got divorced when I was one, but uh, but bro, be, beyond the, the divorce, the separation, or any of that, uh, both my parents always pushed the agenda for family, uh, prioritizing family. I mean, that's if they were, you know everybody ain't worthy of being prioritized, but you get it. But prioritizing family and just making sure your people straight before anything. What were some of the principles that your father, uh, because you're known as well as a great father, uh, someone who homeschools, things of that nature, teaching other parents and, you know, uh, uh, gu- uh, guiding uh, guardians how to unlearn and relearn. What are some of the uh, principles, I guess, values that your father instilled within you? Um, hmm. I wrote some of the biggest ones, I think, is he taught me to never uh, – we never separate no matter what. And just a quick example I could give you. So I know like young men or young women that have been in a relationship and you know, it don't work out. You have, you have women, you have children with this woman. She moves on. She has a baby with somebody else. And a lot of times those siblings are not as connected because both parents won't put aside any personal dealings to, you know, nurture that child just as they would their own like biological child. So, just bro, it, it was small stuff like that that just taught me like you know family over everything and regardless of of the outcome or, or who's full blooded who who full blooded that you know we all gonna move collectively as a family and and always try to progress forward as a family you know like you know I say the same thing like casualties are everywhere but for the most part I do my absolute best to be a cons- a consistent overly consistent staple for my family just showing them not only through my information but my example as well and that's another thing my pops is big on is 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 examples. He taught me a lot of stuff, but he damn near lived by everything he ever taught me. So I, I never had to second guess the question because he, he verbally showed me and then he physically showed me as well. What are some tactics? Uh, because I know you have multiple mothers of your children. So what are some tactics for our brothers who also have that situation to kind of 
keep the peace as much as they can because you know usually in our community is always drama you know you why you over there with them and you better not be it's always something so how do you manage that bro that's a great question so just for the record so everybody know i have five children three mothers mom number one i know since i was four mom number two i know since i was 14 mom number three i know since i was nine but big bro uh one of the biggest ones that I will share with people is I came up with this thing called the kid glove theory. And bro, what that means is when you can identify what type of person you're dealing with and then also assess their strengths and their weaknesses, you just do your absolute best not to trigger them by interrupting or, or intentionally poking at one of their strengths or their weaknesses. So for example, I get, I get people this analogy all the time. When we see law enforcement, a lot of times behind us, we naturally just going to make sure our mirror is straight. We naturally gonna, we may throw the seatbelt on or, or we just may adjust the way we sit and just to get by, just to stay under the radar, stay out of the way. Like I know a lot of us want as little interaction with them as possible and I get it. So with the kid glove theory, I remind people of that same thing. And the analogy I give them is like if you're dealing with the mother of your child and and really be the smallest things that cause arguments like you could be having a conversation, you and the mom and she'll say something like my daughter. And then dad going to immediately go, your daughter, that's both our daughter. Right. So really just be small stuff like that, that we like we lay down and have babies. So we kind of know each other's characteristics. We, we know what tick each other off. But it'd be small stuff like that, that we overlook subconsciously. And a lot of times we just forget to put those kid gloves on. Like the overall goal of this relationship at this point is the betterment of the child. So let's make sure that we handle each other in the best way we can just to make sure that we stay focused on the betterment of the child. So many people bring adult issues into kid business. So, I mean, small stuff, bro, like agreeing on bedtimes, agreeing on what hairstyles are negotiable, what aren't, what aren't negotiable, agreeing on a schedule. Because you'll have a child that's at mom's house for two days and come to dad's house and be like, oh, well, my mom let me. And, it, bro, just be the small stuff like that that cause conflict. Next thing you know, these old feelings that y'all been harboring against each other, rehash, and now y'all calling each other, bees and holes from something that took place in 2017 but it initiated because your son wanted some ice cream after 12 o'clock mm. so bro it's a lot of the small stuff that we overlook and most importantly i think three things that that definitely help people in co-parenting is transparency having an open line having an open line of communication and a healthy respect level and when i say healthy i mean not to instill fear in one another, but just be mindful how passionate one another about parenting, how passionate we are when it comes to steering or upbringing our children. You know, and, and, and we don't got to be friends, but in that situation where, in that, in that equation where the child is involved, we're going to do absolutely everything we need to do to make sure the child has a healthy environment and, you know, they're moving forward. Being that we are in the quarantine times and a lot of parents are at home, and they're pushing the drive for vaccines. And we know that a lot of people, um, uh, well, a lot of states now are putting into the uh, laws that you can't even go to school without these vaccines. Uh, we mm -hmm. have now discovered or been discovered the, the danger of the vaccines. Being that you push the unlearn and relearn, how would you mm -hmm. advise parents to, since if they don't want to take their children to the public school, to start that unlearn and relearn process? Well, you know, bro, that's a great question, too. I would I would tell them as a parent, I feel like they, they're going to have to start researching and assessing what it is their child even been being taught. Mm. Granted, we help them with homework. We know, like, okay, he's doing math, he's working on this, he's working on that. But we really got to start breaking down the psychology of standing in a single file line and raise your hand to speak to me. It's to speak to me. We got to start breaking down the side. Bro, you know all about it. It's the correlation between the prison pipeline and schools. So in terms of un unlearning and relearning, I think like the actual, I, so this is my personal opinion, like I'm going to focus on your mentality first and how you have been indoctrinated before I even worry about telling you Christopher Columbus wasn't the real deal. Mm -hmm. I do think that's important too, but I would first start with the mental and just the, again, the psychology of somebody tells your child they're, they ha they're not worthy of speaking to them until they, until they have held their hand up long enough and they decide to acknowledge your child. That's the type of stuff I would be tapping into first. And then to, uh, just helping them to function from a place of individuality because far too much of school is just based on, to me, it's just based on robotics. They don't really, a lot of times, not generalizing all schools, but a lot of schools don't really look out for the individual in your child. They more so look at how can we get all you guys to act alike, think alike, work alike, get a passing grade alike, and move forward. That's why a lot of times you'll see a child that got either behavior issues or learning issues, he get left behind because they're, 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 the bulk of their focus is the masses. 
We got 800 students. Let's get 750 of them up out of here. Give them their passing grades. Send them on their way. And these other 50, you know, we'll cater to when we got time. Big bro. So my the first thing I would say in the unlearn and relearn process is just breaking down the the the, the prisoner and the slave and the, and the inferior mentality that a lot of teachers, principals, and schools pour into our children. And and then just lastly, to me, it's a dangerous process. Period, because a lot of our children are being taught by the the grandchildren of our oppressors. So to me, it's a dangerous combination anyway. And I see, I see so many parents, especially of our culture, that'll scold their children for not adapting to this curriculum. When in all actuality, if you broke down the curriculum, you'll see the curriculum was never made for him to begin with. And the person that's given him the curriculum don't care about his betterment to begin with. She was raised a certain way her whole life. And just because she did four years of college and she's a teacher now, you think she whitewashed out all the all that biasness that her, her grandparents taught her? Nah. So, man, to, to, to me, that's... School school is dangerous, period. I, I know that's supposed to be the place to learn it, but to me, that's a very dangerous place to have your children at, period. So with that being said, exactly what you be, uh, you just said, so for my single fathers out there and the single mothers, what is your thought mm-hmm. process on, you know, man, I got to go to work, though. So if I don't go to work and I'm trying to homeschool them, you know, they ain't going to have nothing to eat. And so do you right. advise them to, hey, send them to the school once they come home, un, you know, unlearn or deprogram them, or do you just say, hey, you just got to learn how to do for self, get some, you know, get some money so that you can teach me yourself. What's your thoughts on that? So many people ask me, Brother Ben asks, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made $130,000 in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094, and we'll give you more information with free game. And we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K to 210-504-4094. We'll give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Peace. Yeah, bro, I, I think both options are definitely available, but I think a lot of it is going to play upon this, the, the detailed circumstances and the type of character. So you got some people who already have manifested amazing visions and ideas. They just haven't put that work and that time in to make them manifest physically. Those people, I would absolutely say, listen, um, you know, he, they, they, it, it's going to be a bumpy road figuring out how to develop curriculums or what things to teach them, what, what hours, this and that while running a business. But you already got, you already ahead of the game because you, you feel like you found your purpose, your talent, your gift. But for the people that's in that other slot, I, I definitely would tell them if you got to make that, that sacrifice temporarily, all that means to me, bro, is you just got to overparent. So you got some people, they're going to do eight hours of school, two hours going to be dedicated to traveling back and forth to the school. Once you factor in sleep, we're talking about 16 to 18 hours gone. And you got some people that that don't take that, uh, that, that remaining six to eight hours, they don't take it serious. So when I say overparent, you're going to have to go the extra mile to whitewash out you know, the things that they're being taught on a Monday through Friday basis or to help them cipher through and figure out what's what, you know, what's worth keeping, what's worth what's worth giving away. And for the biggest thing I can tell parents, uncles, aunts, I don't care what you are. Leadership and parenthood is a competition. If you're not their biggest influencer, television going to be the homies going to be the teacher going to be but somebody is going to try to get the best of them mentally and sway them in the way in which they feel like they should go like. The question I ask people all the time, is there anybody that was snuck out of the house? And people all the time be like, yeah. And I'd be like, at that point in time, your boyfriend, or your girlfriend had more control over your mental state than the people that bring you into this world. So just know your child is going to be faced with that same, you know, that same obstacle one day. And hopefully your voice and the information you've imputed in them is able to override any bad choices that somebody else can get them to make. And so what tactic would you give them for that for that particular thing? So let's say somebody got an athlete. You know, the athlete mm-hmm. is a good athlete, but he may be smoking weed. You know, he doing what, you know, regular teenagers do. So she's working all day or he's working all day. Then the son is going to be at school. Then he may have basketball practice. That's going to be an hour or two. I mean, you come right. home and you got to cook breakfast and take a shower. There's not much time in that in that time period. So how yeah. do they gain influence over the child in that type of environment? Well, and, and that type of environment, I, I would absolutely tell them this is the part of the game where, we're going to lose some sleep. We're going to lose some idle time. We're going to lose some TV. Like I remember years ago having a debate with a mom, and I was like, do you think it would really ruin your day 
or your yearly schedule if you crack one hour off the amount of the amount of hours that you get to sleep if you get up at 5 a.m instead of 6 and just go ahead sit down and have a sit down breakfast with your child well y'all just politic y'all speak life into one another y'all reassure another for an hour a day so bro that that's when i would definitely tell them like at this point they need to assess their entire like what the assess your life for the next seven days and you start figuring out what things you can weed out to allocate more time to building and growing and giving the information to your child that they're going to need to navigate this jungle. From, from the children that you have, have you noticed that um, you have to parent them different or teach them different? Uh, like, you know, learning ABCs or learning numbers, have you noticed that? Or do you just have one specific curriculum and all of them get the same thing? So, bro, in terms of information, they all get the same thing, but there are different methods. There is a very fast but unfocused learner. His attention span is very low, so he can retain information extremely fast. But literally, like, you could be like, oh, hold on, let me take this car real quick. You're going for 30 seconds. And he'll been un- wandered off. He in a whole other part of the house. Or you got Derricka, who's, she, uh... Hey, bro, she's just dealing with that lazy bone right now. So she try to get the minimum work done and just dip out. So, yeah, like with Derek, I have to be overly consistent to hold his attention and I got to make it fun. With Derricka, I had to, I had to create like a reward system. So like for, for those. OK, so like she's teaching a course in my current course. She got to do a 35 minute module, but she getting paid five hundred dollars for that. Mm-hmm. So that's where like. Otherwise, bro, her focus would totally be gone. She'll be trying to do the minimum and just be saying, I can't, I don't understand none of this. Like, I, she's done that to me before. Like, she'll just drop the pencil and just, just sit there in line and just be like, well, yeah, I don't get none of this, so I can't do it. But no, nah, bro, so it, it definitely is, um, even down to my three-year-olds, it's definitely different ways that I have to interact with them to get them excited about the information and to get them to definitely invest into the information. But Derek is more so make it fun. Derek is what am I getting out of this? Why do I need to learn this? And why does this why does this even matter to me right now? For those who are trying to still figure out the homeschooling, have you uh, what have you seen to be most effective to focus on one subject, maybe for a minute until they get it or focus on multiple things? And then we got, OK, we're going to do this on Wednesday. We're going to do this on Thursday. We're going to do this or just do one thing all week and then another week until they get it. Yeah, bro, it's it's that last option. So I tried that whole, like, all right, Monday we're doing this, Tuesday, but that didn't work out very well. So we may have a whole month that we're just going to talk about economics, firearms, and business. And then my mom, because my mom a teacher as well, then my mom would step in and be like, all right, Derricka, uh, we're going to work on sight words, spelling words, adjectives, nouns, blah, blah, blah. Like, bro, to be real with you, so I retired my mom in 2018, but I basically not really retired it because I rehired it and she might, she's, she's their nanny, mm-hmm. but she really that grandma, but you, you get what I'm saying? Just as far as job title. So basically bro, my mom steps in and she gives them the fundamentals. So she's going to teach them, you know, the, the, the vowels. And then I'm going to step in and teach them like, all right, so look, once you're done learning your vows, this is how you break a gun down. This is how you calculate a, a, a ROI, blah, blah, blah. So that's what we like. Before it was all me. But as of since 2018, we've been tag teaming the way we teach them. Indeed. And so for you personally, what was the first beginning of your entrepreneurship journey? Uh, 2012, I started a retail business. I had a T-shirt company called Millionaire Bound. And I had a plug in the Foot Action and Jordan brand. And that's when everything kicked off in. At that point, I was getting my hands on, like, exclusive Jordans, LeBrons, Kobe's, Yeezys. And then I would basically, my brand, Millionaire Bound, I would make T-shirts that coincided with the colorway of the Jordan. And then basically we positioned it like a two-for-one. So we'd be like, hey, if you buy the shoe, you get a free T-shirt. And I ain't going to lie, bro, it didn't work at first. It took a whole nine months for me to get one transaction. But that one transaction came, and I was like, all right, I got a formula. And I just started rolling with it. And so what was the second thing or what business was it for you that kind of just like took off to like you was like, yeah, man, I'm I'm doing this now. So I was in retail all the way into I was still in retail, but I released my first book, my autobiography in 2015. It bombed. Remember, I spent my last little bit of money on it. I maybe sold like maybe like 17 copies in almost a year and a half. Like nobody, And it was 700 pages. People used to just look at me like, bro, I'm not buying that because I'm not finna read. I'm not finna lie to you. I'm reading it. But uh, I kept going and I took my money from retail again. I took because I was ready to transition out of retail. I really had fell in love with literature, even though I wasn't selling well. 
So I went at it again. I released my second book, Guys and Monks Man, Volume One. And that book became that that's the book that made me a number one selling author. And then following that, I just took all my money. I fully I shut all my retail stuff down, fully transitioned out, and full time got into literature. And once the first video of my children went viral in 2016, that's when like the demand came and people was like, You you need to put this stuff on paper. And that's what gave me the inspiration to start writing curriculums and all that stuff just started snowballing year after year from books to curriculums to courses to board games to not, you know, not a video game as far. Mm-hmm. What's your foundation as far as beliefs is concerned? Because we obviously can see the eye on your forehead um, and a lot of people, you know, how they dictate their life and move in lifetime uh, often is determined by their beliefs growing up or their subconscious mind. So what belief yep. system or values do you stand on and kind of move on? Um. Well, that's a good question. So, and again, respect to every, I mean, bro, you know, I, you know, I, I don't been around y'all. Uh, I don't been around the whole entire nation. So it's always respect and love for everybody. But I, me personally, I haven't had a conversation outside of my subconscious with any other higher power or deity since 2015. So at this point, I just hold myself fully accountable for all my curses and my blessings. And, uh, with that level of accountability, I, I really just call on myself or when something does go bad, like I'm to blame for all my good and my bad. So if I have an amazing day or a great day, it's typically, you know, a result of my actions, my tongue and my thoughts. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, I basically I, I basically just, you know, look within myself or for, you know, that extra drive or that subconscious push or, you know, just speaking life into myself, whether it be a mirror speech or, or self self affirmations, But. That's really what it stemmed from, just pouring into myself at this point, blaming my, blaming myself for everything at this point and just looking to nobody but me to get me where I need to be. So, I, you know, bro, I, I used to say spiritual, but I, I wouldn't even say spiritual because I, I really like when things go great. I look in the mirror I'm like, boy, you did your thing. When things go bad, I'd be like, damn, where did I slip at? This is my fault. So I need to assess where I went wrong and try to make sure I don't make that same mistake again. So with that being said, where did the concept or what was the concept of the book Gods Amongst Men? So um, that was that was me basically looking within self and saying that, you know, if if if, if God is a genuine concept, then I want to be the only God that I look to and that I seek, you know, to get me where I'm going. So, I mean, and you know, bro, it's, it's crazy, right, because even with the Quran down to the Bible, and I, you know, I want to say this too, bro, because I, I think a lot of people differentiate it. But to me, honestly, bro, all of us doing the same thing. We just use different verbiage and we do it in different ways. Right. All of us have times that we close our eyes and it's something or somebody we talking to in our head. And it either make us feel better or, you know, we will ourselves into a position. And I mean, it's no different. Like you may have a conversation in your head and be like, yeah, I got that out. I feel better. I spoke to so-and-so. I'm good. And I do the same thing. I just, in my mind, I'm talking to myself. In somebody else's mind, they talking to a higher power. So, no, nah, bro, I, um, I, uh, I just solely based it upon me. And the whole concept of that book was just me putting that out there and sharing that. That Like, I feel like there definitely are some gods amongst men that's walking this plane and walking this earth. And I feel everybody got the potential. A lot of people just not going to take that time to do the healing, do the inner work really look into themselves and try to maximize their potential so they can be God-like. And so in the book, because I, I know I think I got two of them, it's like full of quotes. So is the concept right. or, or or the motive of it to like every day you reading a thought or a quote, is that to symbolize mm-hmm. a thought that you should have in your subconscious mind? Absolutely. And also because my first book, that 700-page autobiography, when I, even like the 17 that I sold, maybe only like eight people said they actually read it. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just simplify the information because a lot of stuff in my autobiography, it was stories, but it was a lot of stuff was coded. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do that no more. I want to just get straight to the point, give people the subconscious thought and just let it let it marinate on their brain for the day and they keep it moving. So that was the whole point to shorten it up, to simplify it. And I didn't want to bore like I, I, I really try to keep my posts on the culture and just technology is so sped up. Everything is expedited. Everybody looking for a convenience. And I know a lot of people are genuinely not interested in reading 700 pages front to back. So that's why I did it that way. What is the, what, what is your favorite book or the most impactful book that you read that took you to the next level in life and, 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 and why? 
And what is the most impactful book that you read business-wise, and what was it that took you to the next level and why? All right, the most impactful book I read business-wise was Contagious by Jonah Berger. The reason I read that was probably like five, six years ago, Nip had an interview when he was doing the rollout for Crenshaw, and he was talking about a book, Contagious and Jonah Berger and the Cheese State. And uh, I picked up that book, bro, and it really helped me to reevaluate my value. Mm. And a lot of times, bro, in our culture, and I, I'm, I'm sure you've had times where this crossed your mind, but a lot of times, bro, we get put in a place where we feel like we have to devalue, or we, we may even potentially think about devaluing what we bring to the table because our culture often puts information, pertinent information, life-saving information, game-changing information to the back of the, to the, back of the stove. Yep. And they feast on the things that are a detriment to them. So, bro, that book really, like, spoke some life into me because I was stuck in that place. Like, damn, y'all say y'all y'all need this and y'all and it, it's so life-changing, but why do y'all overlook it to, to invest in things that's only going to destroy you? And then when you need it most is a time where, you you know, you frivolously spent. Now you can't even afford it and you want me just to give it away for the simple fact that you didn't think it was important in the first place. So... I would say Contagious Business-wise would be one of the books that definitely changed my life. And then on a personal level... Uh, before you get before you get into the personal level, what what was it in the book? Was they saying, like, don't lower your prices or something? Yeah, no, he, he spoke of a $100 cheesesteak. And he spoke of the exclusivity and that a lot of people don't value things a lot of times until they feel as though they're out of reach. And what, what and what it showed me at that point, it was this hundred dollar cheesesteak, and they they made people like secretly come eat the cheesecake. It, it wasn't even, I mean, the, the cheesesteak. It wasn't even like you could just walk through the little drive-through and then grab one. Like you kind of almost had to make an appointment, go in this room, and then you get this hundred dollar cheesesteak. So, um, that that really just showed me that like, you know, you you can't be overly accessible, accessible. You can't oversaturate. You can't just burn yourself out. I get it. You want to help people, but when 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 people feel like you know they could use you at will, they tend to devalue you. So it really showed me like I, I had to position myself a certain way, so people understood the value in what I was bringing before it's too late, and they just feel like oh, and now you the only option I got. So Derek, stop everything you doing and just teach me everything you know for free. Mm, okay, before um, okay before you get to the next one, I got one more question. How do you separate yeah. that? that love that you got for the people and you want to help so many people, how do you separate mm -hmm. that from business? Because you see a person probably, they, man, they hurting and you like the, 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 the loving part of you, the helping part says, man, I want to help them, but damn, I'm gonna miss right. out on, you know what I'm saying? So how do you separate that? <laughs> Bro, I deal with this. Bro, I still struggle with this. Like no lie every day. Um, so, bro, I'm, I'm going to be real with you, right? I do have this, this, this motto that is casualties of every war. And I'll be honest and tell you, bro, that I stick to that script 75% of the time. But there's another 25% where I I just give in to my to my emotional attachment to my culture and the people. And too, bro, children have a soft spot on me. So it's a lot of times I see parents with children. I'd be like, you know what? I don't even care about you, but I like kids, though. So I'm going I'm to hook you up. I'm going to show you love, blah, blah, blah. But for me, bro, to be honest, I'm at a place now where financially I've been able to diversify Quite a bit with business. I've been able to put myself in an advantageous position. So I have, I wouldn't even, I, and like back then I would have called it devaluing because, bro, I think like the worst feeling I ever had was this dude telling me, he was like, man, bro, I want to thank you so much for opening the business thanks to you and blah, blah, blah. And bro, I kid you not, I remember like getting a notice that my car was going to be re, be repossessed soon. And it was another bill I was there. I was like, how in the hell am I out here helping these people open whole businesses and live their best life? And I'm on the back end, like my lights gonna get cut off because I'm devaluing myself. So I, I, I practice the balance with it now. Like 75% of the time, I'm gonna be stern and I'm gonna stick to that script that is casualties of every war. And two, bro, like I feel the same way about you because you overly consistent as I do with myself. Like, bro, we put enough content out there on a daily basis that if you can't take nothing from me and learn something yet, then you ain't come here to learn. Like, if you getting in my course is stopping you from learning anything from me, then you must have your ears and your eyes off every day because I'm going to post a joke here and there, but for the most part, bro, I'm going to make sure I get these people content five to six times a day. YouTube, it's everywhere. It's, it's all over the place. So that's that's really how I deal with it. I, I balance it out. 75% of the, term, the of the time, I'm going to be stern. I'm going to stand on it. 
other 25 percent they're gonna catch me on a good day like literally I'm, I'm my lady was live last night and this dude like man i'm struggling i'm hurting da 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 if anybody can help this is my cash out and bro, I just randomly sent him some money. He's like, oh, wait, Derek just sent me some money. <laughs> so bro, he, he caught me at a good time. I was like, you know what? I don't know, bro, from nowhere. He could be lying, but you know what? Let me just give it to him. Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, bro, that's how I balance it. I 75, 25. I'm, basically, I'm going to be mean 75% of the time. Other 25, I'm giving in. I'm going to give you whatever you want. Right. Okay. And then, the, and then the book, the most impactful book that you read and why? 24 Reasons Why African Americans Suffer by Joe Dumas. Um, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I thought I kind of like was on a great path, which I was. I was evolving. But, bro, he he breaks down in detail how so many of us are literally like internal genocide for our culture, how we cancerous. And, bro, I'm gonna tell you, that that was the only book that I actually like read. That book actually made me tear up reading it because he really like, he really turned the mirror on us, and it really, it really just the book all about accountability. Like he ain't blaming nobody else in that book but us for our problems. And I started like it was, it was certain sections I, I just highlight, and I was just like, damn, he hit me on the head. Like prime example, bro. Um, I've had times where this is a real story. I remember I was in Atlanta downtown, like one in the morning. I went to this pizza shop with with my baby, my mom, and I remember like this white guy in a suit walking by, and I was like, babe, watch out, stay close to me. You know what I mean? That man bump you, daddy gonna end up having to slap the hell out of him. And then I remember literally we went around another corner. I'm like, Derricka, didn't I tell you to stay close to me? I mean, it was a black dude came by. I was like, if that nigga, you know, happened to bump on you or something, I have to blow his head off right here. And bro, I realized at that point that whether it be television, music, whatever it is, a lot of times we are overly aggressive to the people who look exactly like us. And mm. the people that don't look up like us, we will... We'll still violate them, but we'll violate them in, like, you know, a simpler manner that it may not be life-threatening. But I remember, like, the, the person that do had, he had tattoos on his face, but Dredd, just like me. And I remember I remember reading that book, and I was just like, damn, he talking about me. Like, I literally be up here teaching people. But I almost deemed them as a threat immediately, and I'm, a, I'm ready to take lethal action. But other demographics, I view them as a weaker species, so... I won't I won't go to extreme and killing them. You know, I, I might and not glorifying the saying I, I I physically will, but you may think about slapping somebody from another demographic. Somebody look just like you, you're going straight for the gun and you want to get it over with. But no, nah, bro, it, it was it was one of the steps in there in them twenty-four that really it, it it brought that home for me. And that's when I realized like I see you evolving, I see you growing, but boy, you got so much more work to do because the people that you claim to love in one breath. At the slightest sight of adversity, you will hate him immediately and try to take him out. Mm. Okay, so man, that sounds like a pretty good, uh, I think, uh, uh, bio of, of of his upbringing. But now I want to get to the surviving the pandemic part. So with this, you. so with this quarantine and uh, everybody being at home, everybody's focused on you know, is it five G? Is it virus? Is it is it that? What have you been focused on during this time? <laughs> so bro look with that one real quick i just want to tell everybody until we get confirmation of what it is do not over uh invest in spending your mind and keeping the wheel spinning on on what else um when, when life comes we're gonna deal with it accordingly we're gonna adapt we're gonna create a plan of action and we're gonna do what we got to do but i see so many people whether it be in real life or on social media that's spending excessive and valuable time having weightless debates, watching YouTube conspiracy theory videos, and, and just pouring a, a, lo- a lot of time into the, and, and a lot of time and energy into the actual problem. And like, I literally just had a conversation by the day. I was like, there's some about Donald Trump. And I was like, so you, did you just find out life was biased today? Or you knew that since we took history in third grade? And he was like, no, I kind of knew that before. And I was like, so you just want to vent about Donald Trump or you got a plan after this or you just want to talk? And then he was like, oh, okay, I, I get it. And I was like, yeah, so number one, bro, I urge everybody just, I tell everybody, man, you're not going to be anything bigger than the world if you're still of it. So if you're still emotionally tied to the ways that the wolves move, you'll never learn how to actually assess the wolves and move how they move. And I tell everybody, bro, study the wolves, assess the how they move, but just maintain your integrity. And, and, and to be real, bro, in my personal opinion, I feel like, and then I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to the pandemic, too, but I'm just touching on him real quick. I feel like our government, especially people like Trump, do what a lot of us wish we could. Uh, 
we wish we could look at authorities dead in the face and just tell a lie and walk away and be like, no, you better not touch me. Or we wish, like, we can go get our cousins at home and just be like, I'm freeing all my dogs today. Everybody getting out of jail. Because Trump, Trump definitely go get all his homeboys out of jail, prison, whatever. So, bro, that's why I tell them, I think we serve ourselves better by assessing the wolves and figuring out how we can adapt, emulate their program, but maintain our integrity. And, bro, as far as the, the pandemic, um, I just urge everybody to assess the voids that are taking place right now. So you got restaurants that are taking hits. You got transportation companies that are taking hits. You got airlines that are taking hits, water, tissue, like basic necessities. Those are voids. And then I also urge people to, to because um, it is to me, it's multiple ways you can look at investing. You could jump on the void and say, how can I step in and pick up where a lot of companies just failed and left off? Or you could look at it from another route and go, how can I assess the current times we're in and create something that can flourish in this time? So like, Days like this when you got pandemics, think about social distancing and tools or alternatives you can make that can aid social distancing. Think about how you and bro, this may seem far fetched, but somebody may come up with a with a six foot long claw that can pick up thing, pick up items or pick up something six feet away since everybody's talking about you gotta say six feet away, you're gonna get sick. But it's just small, minute stuff like that that I've been paying attention to. Outside of that, you always got the stock market that you can invest in. You could play on the fact that certain companies are tanking, certain companies are growing. Um, and bro, I'm gonna tell you, for me personally, two things that I've invested in, and I'll be rolling them out within the next month. Um, I got a spring and alkaline water that'll be coming out. I also have um, I have toilet tissue that'll be coming out. It's gonna be actually black toilet tissue. And my goal with this new business is, I want to make sure that. Priority-wise, the, pe- the people of our culture don't go through this situation again. Now, I'm not going to lie. Will I have enough inventory to cover the whole United States? Probably not because I only got but so much money to invest in these type of things. But I just saw way too many people of our culture, bro, that literally can't get their hands on a roll of tissue. That literally was was contemplating if they're going to have to fight somebody to get bottles of water in their house. So for me, my personal business endeavors, I'm basically just sitting back, seeing what what loopholes, what void, what voids, what things, you know, uh, are in scarcity mode right now. And then I'm figuring out how I could get them independently and make sure uh, priority wise, I'm going to sell it to my culture before I sell it to anybody. I'm going to make sure the people that look like me got basic necessities, like some toilet tissue, some water and something to start a fire should they not have power. So, yeah, we, we got candles coming. Um, we got mechanisms to create fires. It's like 12 different items that I'm going to be rolling out. But I definitely want to make sure. If this if this is prolonged or if it happened again, that we're not caught off guard because we know we got somebody that we can go to that's going to wholesale to our culture with no problem and no second guessing. What 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 should people be looking into getting into uh, business wise? Because I know you talk a lot about AI, the future, robots. Mm-hmm. With that going to be, uh, I mean, replacing so many humans. What what what, right. what do they need to be getting into now? So my personal opinion um like I've been telling people, the coronavirus job lossage is temporary. Robots going to be 100% permanent. Nobody going to be like, all right, two years went by. Let's send the robots back home and hire humans. No, nah, they're going to they're gonna do their best to do away with the overhead and the expenses of having human labor. So for me, it's three ways that I think people need to start focusing on. First and foremost, educate yourself on artificial intelligence. I don't care if you got no money or not. Learn this game because there's a lot of people right now that's pounding college into their children. They have no idea, though, that that education that you're forcing your child to go get and that you're investing in, it's going to be 60 percent ran by robots by 2030. Your young are going to be graduated. Dream job is not going to be the dream job. It may not even be available. So, number one, I, tell, I urge everybody, go educate yourself on artificial intelligence. Now, in terms of the three ways, uh, in terms of artificial intelligence, I urge people to, if you got the resources, figure out how you can be the actual source of the tools that are needed to actually build robots. Mm. If you can get that position, that is a dangerous position, I'm guaranteeing your family gonna acquire generational wealth because they, you won't be no middleman, no nothing. You will be the actual distributor of some rubber, of some steel, whatever. So start studying these robots and seeing like, what are the mechanics of them? What are they predominantly using to make these things come to life? Secondly, bro, I would definitely tell them another way to get in is just simply start investing into the stocks. A lot of companies' stocks are about to skyrocket, and you're going to be able to get some money. These companies that's going to be manufacturing the robots, their stocks are about to skyrocket. 
And bro, my last one, especially for my people that may not have the money and the resources, is to simply study artificial intelligence and what will be the pros and cons and the weaknesses of these robots. You now may want to start educating yourself on that new market that you may need to transition to that they're unable to handle. So basically, don't get me wrong, robots can do a lot, but they're not going to be able to do everything. And it's going to be the time where those positions are going to be more valuable than ever because the ones that are disposable by way of robot, they're going to do away with. Like, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, by 2030, uh, 20 million jobs will be seized by robots. Mm. And what that means is the, uh, the disparity that a lot of people are dealing with right now, they're about to deal with it, but it's going to be for a lifetime. So I would say, if anything, even if, you, even if you ain't got no money, get ahead of the game by knowing your opponent. I know, like... I mean, it's no different in sports. It's no different in any competitive, any competitive lane. You're going to have to figure out how your human labor is more valuable to your overseer than a robot. And that's going to be hard to do because they don't pee. They don't complain. They don't sleep. They don't take days off. And if if I got five thousand dollars in maintenance versus paying you thirty five thousand dollars to be a human at late, sometimes sick, sometimes got to pick your son up and talk back. Yeah, I'm going to definitely go with the robot. Wow, that's a good point. Uh, as far as the stock market, I heard you. This is the second time I heard you mention the stock market. For those who don't know, what is the stock market, and, and what's the, I guess, the easiest or simplest way to get into it? Um, bro. So I first started out when I was learning that game with apps like Acorn. It's an app called Capital. No C. It's a Q instead of the C. Uh, and I just had some associates who taught me about like day trade and who taught me, uh. Uh, future stocks, future trades, things of that nature. So I'm not an expert myself. The times that I have gambled with it, uh, I definitely have somebody that I got on the phone with, and they they more so guided me to give me their expertise. But as far as me being able to really run it down individually fully, I'm not quite there yet. But I know for me, um, I definitely have kept my posts on the airlines during this whole pandemic, and I feel like that is a great lane. That's what – like. Flying is not going to stop. That's one of those essential things. Well, to be real, flying hasn't stopped. It's still people flying. But flying is going to get right back to flourishing once they come up with a quote-unquote solution for this virus. So, I mean, for the people that don't know, it's definitely a great way to get you some passive or residual income. It's definitely a great way to start focusing on the future. And what, whether you want to start with penny stocks, where you literally invest in pennies, or you want to go buy a 1,000 shares of a company, the door is wide open and the opportunity is definitely there during this pandemic to basically take full advantage. Like, and it, bro, this is why I love times like this because these businesses take full to take full advantage of our poor spending. So now it's time for the culture to take full advantage of their poor results as of late. We're gonna buy in and we're gonna get rich off you just like you got off us. So yeah, bro, I I I like I say, those are the apps I started with, and I would urge anybody to I mean, if you if you scared or you hesitant, start with some penny stocks and just see how those move. And then, you know, as you gain more money or more confidence, start investing more and just pay closely attention, pay close attention to the businesses that you invest in and how they fluctuate. Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market. And I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS Tribe. The ABS Tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS Tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake, or one of our more top million dollar friends or six-figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS Tribe, go to www.whatisabstribe.com. www.whatisabstribe.com. I have a lot of brothers on my page that are from prison. Uh, actually, some of them actually be watching me from prison. So when they come home, what are, you know, what... What are three advisors, uh, jobs with you or, or skill sets or businesses which you advise uh, that they can start to do to kind of get ahead of the game or be a part of the game um, mm -hmm. when they come home? If they if they don't, you know, if they're not making six figures and they just came home, man, and I don't know what to do, brother. Derek Grace, man, what's some, what's three things I can do? Um, well, bro, firstly, I, 
I would give them my motto, which is when it comes to the workplace, infiltrate, educate, and vacate. We're going to start focusing on jobs for information and not money. So firstly, Ella, I mean, you know, I, actually, I got a brother in prison. He should be home uh, really soon. He's been down 11 years. But firstly, if I didn't have anywhere for him, if, if I wasn't able to hire him with my company, first thing I would tell him is that infiltrate, educate, and vacate. Second thing I would tell him is try to get you a job that's headed in a direction that you wish to that you wish to be in long term. So if being a longshoreman is the overall goal, if truck driving is the overall goal, then start seeking out companies that's going to either intentionally or accidentally get you more wiser um, um, and more compatible with the lane that you wish to go to. I mean, even for finance situations, you may want to go work at a bank. If you want to be a tax prep, uh, preparation individual, you may want to go get you a job at H&R Block. And one of the big things with that, like, speaking of H&R Block, they have an actual competition clause. So when you get hired there, they have you sign on the dotted line that you won't go work for another tax preparation company and you won't go open one. And so, like, that go back to what I always try to tell people with get, get jobs for information and not money. H&R Block understands that their information is that pertinent and vital that they could tell it to the right and wrong person to work there. And that person can leave there six months later, know the game and start their own situation. Uh, secondly, bro, I would tell them this is going to be two and three, bro. I would tell them to either invest, especially if they plan on opening a business, pour into things that are non-seasonal and universal. So this is what I mean. If you have a product or a service that is non-seasonal, you're going to get money 365, 24-7. And if you have a product or a service that is universal, you're going to get money on, in, uh, on any place on earth. And I think like those are those are those are two of the essential ways to really have a successful business because your money won't sleep. There's no downtown. There's no uptown. As long as you're consistent, you're marketing up to par and you reinventing yourself. You're going to keep getting money around the clock because you provide something that one people deem as a necessity and they deem it as a necessity no matter what day, no matter what month and no matter where they are in the universe. So, bro, that. That's really four pieces of advice, but that would definitely be four things that I would tell anybody that's coming home. Now, I know you got a lot of marketing uh, tools and stuff in your course, but what, what, which one can you share with us that could help somebody out who do got a dope product, they do got a dope service, but they just don't know how to get in front of nobody or even communicate with somebody? What marketing tip can you share uh, with them? I got you. Uh, well, bro, first and foremost, I would tell anybody with a business or a service, they have to create an actual budget. Uh, for marketing. So many people just randomly or blindly throw out posts on a daily basis and think like, you know, one day it's going to pick up. And it, it may very well, but uh, so many people just aren't intentional with being visible, with making sure that their business is literally running when they don't want it to run. So the beautiful thing about having ads is if you go to bed, if you sick, if you busy, the, 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 the machine of the business is going to function on a 27 I'm sorry, on a 24-hour basis, whether you want it to or not. So to me, that's the great thing about marketing is that your business is getting reached, whether you're active or not. Another thing, bro, I would tell people, uh, and I'll share a couple of things. So a second thing I would tell people, so many people only hustle on their time zone. I know a gang of people that only hustle while they're awake or they feel like like when the East is asleep, the West is still up. And then eventually when the West go down, the East is right back up. So I know, I mean, and we're just talking about the United States. We ain't talking about the money you could be getting in other countries. So, so many people are just caught up in like their own perspective and basically like I'm a hustle when I feel like hustling and I'm up and I'm active. And another one I would give them, bro, is just uh, in terms of marketing, uh, content, content is definitely king. But I do feel like character is reemerging because the content is getting oversaturated. So what's going to happen at this point is people going to really want basically like, you know, pull your resume or make sure that you really who you are, who you say you are, and that you really able, that you really are capable of what you're telling them you're capable of. So for me, bro, that's why people see me harp so much on results because now am I guaranteeing them? Or oh, you take my course, you're gonna get in the same position as me? Absolutely not. You know the stars align a certain way. Life is life for everybody, but I can tell them that it's coming from a place of genuineness, expertise, and experience. So I would definitely tell people. And also, bro, I think step one come from step one of that come from pouring your your business expertise into something that you're passionate about. And when you're passionate about something, you're going to inherit results whether you want to or not. Because, bro, you're just going to have people who DM you and tell you tell you that you changed their life. You not you ain't wake up today like, oh, I know I got some change in my life DMs. 
you're going to be minding your business and somebody going to send you a text or send you a call. So, bro, I, I, I would tell anybody in the business room, those, those, those would be three things I would tell them off top before they even get rolling. In your business journey, what was the most difficult task or difficulty that you had to overcome and how did you overcome it? Uh, bro, scaling up. And I know it's going to be, it's bro, because you, you, you do numbers. It's going to be 5% of the people who are going to watch this video and say, man, it took forever to get my game. Bro, me and you still got it. I don't know if the team got it corrected, but yeah, if they did, me yeah, and you. Just, yeah, it just came in about like last month to do, yeah. Yeah, bro. So, bro, a lot of us want to scale up, and I was one of those people, but I didn't calculate what come with a scale up. So it sounded good, like, yeah, I got some money now. I can invest in more product. I could, I could sell this. And, bro, it don't hit you until you wake up one day and you realize, oh, no, nah, bro, they really rocking with you. They just bought. 10,000 of what you're selling. And, bro, that was my biggest obstacle, man, because initially that game was supposed to be out December 20th, 2018. And in October, um, I had a Las Vegas manufacturer. He gave me a price on the games. I called him back two weeks later to go ahead and make the wires so we could have them in time. And, bro, had times that original price by 11 by the time we got back on the phone. I had an associate of mine go visit him to see what the issue was, why the change of heart. And he basically told me in a nutshell, he said, bro, they found out who you are and they know how much you're selling the games for. So, bro, at that point, them folks would have damn near bankrupt me. And I remember I got a phone call from somebody who was an associate of mine. He was like, look, I got a guy that I think can help you. I don't know if he, I don't know if he can, but I just know he got connections in China. I'm going to give him your number. He going to call you. Bro, this dude called me broken terrible english he just like look i can make this happen for you i promise i can do it it's the only thing i'm like what's up he was like you got to send me a wire immediately for one hundred eighty nine thousand dollars. and he was like total you're gonna owe me 225 and when the games get closer to coming you got to pay me the remaining balance and bro my back was against the wall i had people they they in the comments <laughs> they in the, yeah, they in the email this game better be coming i ain't seen no tracking i ain't seen nothing i and they don't know where I'm back here sweating bricks. Like, yeah, we really done collected like $900,000 worth of money. And we don't even know who's going to make the game. The people who's going to make it done pulled out on us. Are they trying to price gouge us? And I got to just trust this dude. I don't, I ain't even know his full name. I ain't know his name till the next day when he sent me the wire instructions. But, bro, uh, bro, I, look, I looked at it like this. I was like, look, so we're going to either do 900 grand in refunds or we're going <laughs> to lose 225000 if this dude run off with the money. And, bro, I sent him the money, and me and him, damn near best friends, bro. We talk every day to this very day, two years later. But, bro, that was the biggest piece of adversity because because we got hit with so many chargebacks and refunds, PayPal ended up immediately seizing $73,000. And then Shopify, they didn't seize it, but they held almost like $563,000. So another thing a lot of people don't know is, and, bro, this was scary, right? I had to basically... So the 10,000 games was accounted for. I had to basically go back out on the internet, turn the marketing up, and sell another 10,000, and then take the money made from that 10,000 to pay the balance of the original 10,000, and then manage that to pay to purchase that new 10,000 that I had just went and resold because these two entities took all my money from me. So, bro, I, I ain't gonna lie, I really was out there like... <laughs> Bro, every game counted. Every game sold. It, it, it really wasn't no room for error. Every game counted at that point because it was like, you know, you you could you could have some poor spending habits and you're going to end up not being able to buy that second 10,000 batch. Now you're just going to have another million dollars worth of games that's froze up and hanging over your head. But, yeah, bro, I, I went in overground and we made it, bro. It took me months to clear out that mess. And I say, bro, it took like nine whole months. For us to get everything under control, get every game accounted for. But, yeah, bro, just doing business with China, I was able to build connections because we did build trust from those transactions. And then it also, um, bro, it, it, bro, that was my biggest piece of adversity in business. And I ain't going to lie, like, it just it just showed me that, like, we really are capable beyond things that we can never imagine, bro. Because if somebody had told me 10 years ago, like, look, one day you're going to lose you know, a little over half a million dollars and you're going to wake up the next day and go make the half a million back in like a month. I would have been like, nigga, I lose half a million dollars. I'm going to die. I'm going <laughs> to sit in the house and cry. But 
No, nah, bro, at that point, I couldn't. At that point, I couldn't. So we just had to come up with a new plan and figure it out, but we eventually figured it out. So what would you advise with someone who wants to do something like that? Do you just do you advise like, hey, bro, you need to have half a million of your own bread stocked up. Don't wait on, you know, use day money because they may freeze it. Because if they would have froze it, if they freeze it and you ain't got no money, you, you kind of messed up. No, nah, bro, that's what happened to me. They PayPal took theirs and Shopify froze theirs. So we had to we had to get a new payment processor and just run it up and then take that money and pay for two different sets of 10000 which came out to a little over half a million dollars. But no, nah, bro, I would advise them to definitely assess the market. Definitely gather your resources and have them in your back pocket and ready to go. And then hire a project manager because a project manager, to be real, they're going to take on this, that stress. And, bro, that's, a, that's something I've struggled with until I hire a full-blown team. I got I got eight people here, then I got another eight that I'm subcontracting in Spain for the video game. But bro, I was one of those people that excuse me used to do every try to do everything on my own. Like, no, you know I'm independent. I got it. Mm-hmm. And then bro, that was that was like that defining moment. I was like, yeah. So this the part where you crash and burn and you lose all your money and then you end up, you know, being a janitor somewhere. <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, I ain't doing that. <laughs> I ain't doing that. I'm finna figure it out. But no, nah, bro, I would definitely tell them. Have your resources in your back pocket. Hire your project manager because their job is to take on all that stress, spearhead payments, get products, ship it, all that good stuff. But, yeah, bro, I, I urge everybody to scale up. But just be mindful of what you ask for because you may get it in abundance and, you know, you got to be ready. Mm. So, uh, dang, I just forgot what I was about to ask. Um, was it about the game? Uh, oh, the PS5. So you got the PS5 game coming out that's going to actually be on PlayStation. What is it? Is it going to be like a Saints Row? Is it going to be like San Andreas? What kind of game is it going to be? Yeah, bro. So it's going to be on PS5, Xbox, and PC. Uh, and it is definitely going to put you in the mind frame of a GTA, mm. except with a very highly educational twist. So are the guns there, the police there, the adversity for sure. But we're going to do it from a more purposeful and more business savvy standpoint. Like like GTA had business savvy missions, but it was criminalistic. So like steal this car. We more so going to be trying to trying to impute the importance of a trade line while you're dealing with the shootout in the middle of the video game. Stuff like that. Or, or we're going to import. And I'm sorry, we're going we're going to inform you on how monopolies work in real life and how you literally can buy up a block. And now you monopolizing the whole neighborhood or we're going to show you we're going to have a mission where you fight off gentrification. But y'all do it by, you know, it may be a bit of negativity where y'all might have to set a certain building on fire in the game to reverse this gentrification and make these people and run these people up out of this neighborhood. So y'all can sustain your own neighborhood as y'all been doing. So, no, bro, it, it's definitely going to have its uh, it's going to have its action for sure. But it's going to be it's going to be purposeful action. And we definitely going to educate, you know, as, as I always like to do. Have you put a release date out for it or are we still waiting? No, nah, I haven't gave a firm date, but it's going to be fall for sure. Okay, fall. And and lastly, yeah. man, my last question would be as far as sales. Because, again, you know, people are now trying to figure out how can I get uh, products, how can I get services, and they learn it from different places. And I tell people, mm-hmm. you know, who follow me, Whenever you're thinking about sales or whenever, you know, you're trying to promote yourself, whenever somebody thinks about that product or service, you need to be the first person that comes up in their mind. So if somebody thinks about clothing, are you the first one? If somebody thinks about board games, are you the first one? And I notice for you, it's like every single day you're promoting some, you're always putting a call to action there. What, how, how do you get it from just, they just watching me to where these people are actually buying from me? Uh, Bro, I, I think the biggest thing, and I know you know this, too, because I've heard you speak about it, bro. But we provide essential services. We provide products and services that are non-seasonal, they're universal. And with the state, of, and with the state that the, the world, the direction that the world is headed in, it is extremely important to have knowledge of self, self-awareness, and be self-educated. Because what, what they can't water down at this point, they're just outright destroying. So one has to have knowledge of self, bro. So... One of the biggest things I focus on is I definitely do present the problem, but I'm always going to uh, end it with that call to action and with a solution. And um, and a big thing, too, bro, I'm, I'm just huge on self-investing. So I, I just try to remind people, you know, don't wait to invest in education until it's the only thing that can save you. And in terms of the sales, bro, 
Bro, I, I just really practice tonal vision. So I have like a hierarchy of how I promote products, what product is the marquee or the franchise product, what are byproducts meaning. I don't care if these don't sell 10,000 times this year, X, Y, Z. So, bro, I just I decide a priority based on like the 10 different products I currently have. And I just create a formula for that head. Like right now, bro, the post-Trump pack was the number one priority. But now the course is. The post-Trump pack fall behind that. The board game going to come in third. The couples quarantine, which is the body of work I wrote with my lady, that's going to come in fourth. And then from flashcards to individual curriculums to individual books, consultations, that's going to come in the fifth spot. And once you're able to dictate different different equations based on so another thing with me bro too is daily i have a quota and i urge everybody in terms of sale create a quota it's going to give you a goal and it's also going to show you it's going to help you come up with a formula to reach that quota on a daily basis and bro my personal opinion once they figure out the math of creating a formula and a quota all you have to do is just rearrange the pieces so if you're going to come out like i'm gonna come out with a video game this fall Everything, post-Trump course, board game, everything is going to take a step back in terms of priority. And the video game will be the marquee product. So at that point, you're gonna, they're going to see me speak about the video game five to six times a day. And those other things I'll sprinkle on people when I feel like it's a good time for it. But yeah, bro, I, I, definitely, I definitely have like a, a basketball type of analogy that I use in terms of product, sales, creative formula. And if, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, repeat the formula. So, bro, that's... And that's something I do now, like, it was a board game for literally 14 months, and then we shifted, and it was a post-Trump pack for three months, and then we shifted again, and it was like, it's the course. And then throughout the year, seasonal, season-wise, you'll just see different products that'll take charge of the team, and everybody else going to follow. Indeed. And so where can they go, lastly, to, uh, you know, uh, uh, follow you on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, mm-hmm. and uh, definitely go to your website to purchase the products and services that you have? Yeah, yeah, bro. Everything under my government name is Derek Grace 2, D-E-R-R-I-C-K-G-R-A-C-E. And I'm the second, so it's Derek Grace 2 from Instagram to Facebook to Twitter, uh, YouTube, it'll pop right up. The website, DerekGrace2.com. So, bro, if, if they know my name, period, Derek Grace II and type it in Google, everything should populate for them. Or if they, if they can remember, Derek Grace T-W-O or get them anywhere they need to go. Indeed. Any closing words? Uh, bro, I would just urge everybody to be analytical during this pandemic and just, you know, whether it be inner work, whether it be business work, whether it be family work, just focus on utilizing this down and this quote unquote slowed up time to really make sure we come out of this pandemic more high power individuals than we went in. So I ain't telling nobody like, well, if you ain't started business, you want using your time wisely. But if you ain't got a healthy, uh, at least a healthier level of self-love or you worked on that bond with your children or your partner or just figured out how y'all could be better humans moving forward, created better habits or something, then, yeah, this uh, this downtime might have been mishandled. But, bro, that would be my biggest advice. I just want everybody to come out of this situation more dangerous than it was before they went in. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate it, brother, as always. Thank you for all the information you put out and blessing us with your presence on the podcast. No problem, bro. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Peace. All right, bro. Man. So, uh, <clears throat> as y'all can see, that was a lot of great information. Uh, go support the brother on Instagram, Facebook. Check him out. Brother, definitely always dropping gems, giving game. I thank you all for listening. I hope that was some valuable information for you all. And if you all would like to continue to support my platform, Brother Ben X, you can do so via Cash App dollar sign brother ben x or you can do so even via paypal paypal.me slash brother ben x and with that being said i appreciate everybody for listening and y'all have a blacktastic night and remember me and brother jake also have a economic course that we have you can do so uh you can just text abs class to 555-888 that's abs class to 555-888 we also have a night school as well because a lot of people in our courses said I want a little bit more uh, interactive live, uh, you know, content. So we started ABS Night School for absnightschool.com. That's absnightschool.com. And follow me on Instagram as well at BrotherBenX. Peace out, family. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, do for self. Except your own. Except your own. Miss
Trump, get your money, man. Get your bread up. Gotta do for yourself. Know you fed up. Get your study on. All praise be to God. Stay red up. I never let up. Everyone that I'm around already know what I'm about. Build heaven on earth. Gotta catch up Elijah Muhammad. Muhammad Ali. Sarah come I come Now, man, what about me? Get your money, man. Get your bread up. Gotta do for yourself. Know you fed up. Get your study on. All praise be to God. Stay red up. I never let up. Everyone that I'm around already know what I'm about. Build heaven on earth. Gotta catch up Elijah Muhammad. Muhammad Ali. Sarah come I come Now, man, what about me? Be willing to die so that we can be free. Now, if we don't produce, man, what we gon' eat? What we gon' eat? Yeah, man, what we gon' eat? What we gon' do if they cut off the street? If they block off them trucks, tell me what you gon' eat? What you gon' drink? See what I mean? What you gon' do? What I'ma do? I'ma stomach some food. Don't be a fool. That's fire car lead. I'm a tune. Stay in the street. Change a couple goons. I'm pushing the worst and I'm pushing the message. I'm blessing the game. Allah already blessed me. Find a car new cause we got you. Can't lose. Only two dollars. Get news you can use. Heaven or hell. Those conditions you choose. Come to the mosque. These are things we can prove. Get your money, man. Get your bread up. Gotta do it for yourself. Know you fed up. Get your study on. All praise be to God. Stay red up. Hey, listen, family. If you want to learn how to Build your own banking system. Yes, I said it. Build your own banking system. We have a wonderful course, over 30 lessons, 25 hours of content that also comes with a 268-page textbook. Yes, textbook that's going to teach you how to build your own private banking system with your family. And let me tell you something. You don't have to be rich in order to do it. Inside of this, go to privatebankingblueprint.com, privatebankingblueprint.com, and we're going to show you exactly how you can build your own private banking system for your family. Guess what? Say bye to credit. Say bye to debt. I'm going to show you how to do it with our private banking blueprint. See you there, privatebankingblueprint.com.